0: Ho oh, ho! Oh my goodness. This is Dr. Look. Scott. Ho ho, ho 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 I told you Santa. And Scott. the mighty Matt.
1: No, no. Santa Claus is not a six foot five white guy. I told you this already. From Iowa.
0: Hey, happy, happy holidays. You too. To everyone out uh, in the listening and viewer world. That's right. That's right. Uh, All four of you. He's Matt. I'm Dr. Scott. You know. I think we
1: have more than four. We do. We've got uh, in the forties, 50 range, something like that, I think, at this point. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. The first show of uh, the new year in 2021, uh, we're going to do a uh, podcast on looking to the future. That's right. So one of the things we should look at is how do we get that 40 to 50 to 40, 55, 000. 60. <laughs>
1: Well my I told my parents that they need to get all their uh, friends so I think
0: most okay. of that 40
1: or 50 are uh, my parents and their friends. So all right. thank you so, for listening.
0: Matt, you know this is the last show of 2020. It is.
1: Thank goodness uh, cuz I don't want oh. any, I don't want to talk about 2020 anymore except today. What a year. Yeah, what a what year. What a year.
0: So, uh, Matt and I have something special for you mm-hmm. uh, today. Um there was a uh, a report uh, on NPR, you know, I'm a, I'm a big NPR, uh, listener, Lefty. Man. lefty. Uh, yeah. What mean. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> lefty stuff coming <laughs> I out know, man. I know. of NPR, you, uh, Anya Cominance, uh, one of their education reporters talked about five lessons that we've learned as a country, uh, for 2020. Hmm. So I thought it would be pretty neat, uh, if, Uh, we just ran through that, uh, list of five and, uh, we got, uh, your response and my response to these findings.
1: Definitely. What do you think?
0: Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. So here's, uh, number one, the digital divide is still big and complex. You have any reaction to that, man? So again, they're really talking about from a a
1: school point of view, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So the digital divide is real and complex. Yes, of course it is. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to say much on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll be much more verbose on the uh, following ones, though. So why don't you, why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts on this one, Scott?
0: Oh, I have no thoughts on this one. No, I'm just kidding.
1: You have thoughts on everything, I have, Scott.
0: I have thoughts on this. <laughs> um, so I live in Vermont. Yeah, it's the same way in rural Texas. One of the problems is a lot of our kids in Vermont, a lot of your kids in Texas, primarily poor kids, they don't have e- even the opportunity mm. to learn virtually because they have no connectivity. Right. So this digital divide, whose fault is this, Matt? It's not the kids. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> that's, that's who we're trying to blame. That's
1: what happens. Yeah. Uh,
0: because have you ever noticed that when I get really serious, I'll start taking my glasses off.
1: Well, just don't take anything else off. Okay. Except so here's, that hat. You can take the uh, hat off. Except the hat. Yeah. Ho, 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 ho. all right. Give, give us why you're angry, you're Scott. A
0: very bad boy. All right. Here's the deal. The, the fault is ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fault is on two levels. Uh, one, uh, we didn't do our due diligence as a country to offer connectivity to all families. You want to talk about the income divide, right? Let's talk about the access to information divide. Yeah. So you want to talk about wealth, wealth and dollars versus wealth and in intelligence, right? So first we didn't do that. And then second, the educational system didn't give the proper training to their adult learning leaders, i.e., teachers, so that we probably have sixty percent, maybe more, of folks that were in the classroom that had no idea how to reach out and connect with folk, uh, with their learners virtually. Mm-hmm. So shame on us! Mm-hmm. Shame on us! It, you know, that, there's a lot of people on Santa's naughty list. <laughs> Over this one.
1: Well, make sure you don't give him any presents this year, Santa. <laughs> let's go to number two. What's number two?
0: All right, number two. You might have a response to this. I've got a response. I know I do already. Relationships are everything when it comes to keeping kids engaged remotely. Yes.
1: All right. I'll start on that one. And how All much right. time do we have? Four hours. Let's get let's get to work. <laughs> Relationships are everything. So, um, how many students would say that they have a capable, competent adult in their life that they can talk to about anything? Very few. So, now we're talking about uh, what kids actually need. They don't need algebra. They need a relationship. They don't need to learn Latin. They need a relationship. Then you can learn Latin if you choose to. We do not think at, in our system of education or systems of schools about prioritizing relationship. And honestly, a lot of families don't think about the priority of establishing a relationship with their young learner as well. So this is not something that is purely at the feet of the schools, it's at the feet of adults that are not prioritizing children. To the degree that we all need to i will stop talking now
0: so i've i've told you this story but i haven't told it uh, on the podcast so uh so here's a story uh, about uh, relationships yeah so when i was a high school principal uh we had this 30 minute uh, time slot called uh advisory mm-hmm. and uh so i had an, uh, the neat idea uh, usually kids uh, were just assigned into advisories and uh then, you know, the adult would have to start building relationships with those kids. Yeah. But I thought to myself, well, there are relationships already made. Let's take advantage of those relationships. So I let the kids pick who their adult uh, leader was going to be for advisory. Mm. And, uh, so uh, we yeah. had this big convening in the cafeteria. Uh, I had every teacher lined around the cafeteria, and the kids literally could come up and sign up for that teacher's advisory.
1: Yep. I remember you know what happened? About this. Yeah, I do.
0: You know what happened? Mm-hmm. Okay, so two things happened. One, we had about 30% of the teachers that were wildly, wildly popular. Like everyone wanted to sign up for their advisory. Yes. You know why? Because those teachers had invested in relationships. That's right. Okay. Then we had about 15% of the adult teachers that had no one in their lives. Yes. No one. Crickets at their tables. And a couple of those teachers came in uh, after and they were mad at me for putting them in that situation. Mm. Mm. And you know what I did? Mm. I turned right back around and I said, "This is not my responsibility. This is your responsibility." Yeah. You didn't build the relationships. So now the chickens have come home to roost.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I can't help you with this. Well, so Scott as a as a school leader, is there any
1: evaluation of this of the instructor on, on relationship issues, or is it all like how well the students score on tests? You
0: know what? I'll tell you another story. Uh, a long time ago, HISD uh, w- very progressive idea. Uh, they had their own campus teacher evaluation system. Yeah. Right. So I was a middle school principal. Uh, we came up with the idea that ten percent of a teacher's evaluation was going to come from the students right oh yeah you got oh my oh everybody came at you uh well the the union went ballistic um you know how can an 11 year old man how can an 11 year old decide you know why and how a teacher is a good teacher Hmm. they just can't do that yeah i was was like really because mostly eleven year olds I talk to are pretty pretty smart about teachers they like, yep. and they can tell you reasons. And teachers they don't like, yep. and they can also tell you reasons.
1: Yeah. Right, you so ready to, there's there's ready to you, go to three. Yeah, it, I'd like to come back to relationships. That's that may be something we just kind of highlight for twenty twenty one at some point too. That's uh, that's this theme that's just is
0: underlying everything that we're doing. It seems. Right, yeah. Right, you know, and and here's the uh, here's my last school story. Yeah, uh, when I when I led schools, um, you know who had the best relationships with kids? Theater and art. Yeah, d- art coaches d- and fine art directors. Yeah, yeah. Kids would do anything for the for those adults. Yeah. Do you know the groups that were sort of made fun of in the faculty lounges? And at faculty meetings. Same group. The coaches and the fine arts directors. Yep. Yep. You know why? Because that just wasn't academic work. Right. I was like, I'd like to find a math teacher that had relationships with kids where the kids would literally run through a brick wall for them. Mm.
1: Well, Scott, I had a conversation today with um, a teacher uh, that my son had who is that type of teacher, someone who was... Very relational, very flexible, uh, and after being in education for five years or so, guess what? She took a job in the corporate sector. Yeah, right. Frustrated, she you know worked her tail off, was treated like she told me, and we'll we'll I recorded it so we may air it at some point. She said that she has never felt more like a child or being treated like she was treated more like a child than when she was uh, as a as an educator. Because people are looking at her and and, and asking her to do things that she knows are not the right things to do while she's trying to build relationships. So anyway, we'll we'll listen to that another time.
0: All right, let's go to number three. All right, three. Digital teaching can be good, even great, with the right support for teachers. Hmm. But that's far from the norm.
1: So another point of that teachers are not supported uh, to do the things that they know just like I was talking about with uh, my son's former teacher. Um, You know, I'm going to go deeper though. So it says digital tech teaching can be great. I will say digital learning can be great because, you know, my son and my daughters learned a ton online and not just, um, you know, not just YouTube stuff, right? They learned math, they learned reading, very high uh, level of, of, um, of competence through artificial learning programs, so I'm a I'm a fan, I'm a believer. There's a way, a lot, of much more ways to to learn online than we we tend to give give kids credit for for doing, or at least encouraging the, them to do.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, there's a professional egotism um, that uh, is really hard to crack, mm. uh, and that is so. I'm the professional. I know the subject matter and you can't learn without me teaching you this. Mm. And like you and I, and the reason why we think this is we've seen you've seen it with your kids, right I've seen it with some of my kids mm-hmm. that that's that ain't necessarily true, right right um, What we're looking for, the skill set that we're looking for, is what I would con- what I would describe more as a learning facilitator, a learning coach. Yes, yes. Right. If you take a look at the best coaches, yeah, sometimes they're teaching, but most of the time they're watching and they're providing feedback. Mm-hmm. And feedback, my friends, is not direct instruction. Let me say that again. Feedback. Is not direct instruction. Feedback comes from observation. What is the learner doing in terms of activity to approach the learning standard that you they want to learn?
1: So let me now let me just pause you there because you know when we're talking to parents, parents can play this role of of a, of a coach right? They can, they can watch their child. And again, during this COVID time, the child has been cl- a lot closer to a lot of parents than ever before. So the question for parents is, are you watching what your child is doing? Are they moving closer to a learning standard? And are you prepared to provide feedback? That's that's a role that parents are, are stepping into in a way that's different than historical.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, parents, here's... Here's just one suggestion. Yeah. Um, If you want to become a learning coach for your child, learn to ask your child really good questions. Script them out. Um, Have what's called a question web, right? So I'm gonna ask this question. And if they answer this way or that way, this is gonna be the next question that I ask them, right? Um, what we don't want, and I don't think most parents want because it's not very successful, you can't be direct. You can't be direct and play the role of a coach. Hmm. Sometimes you can, but I I, I think that it's it's the, the exception and not the rule. Give me more
1: about that, Scott. What do you mean you can't be direct and play the role of a coach?
0: I want you to learn this Mm. and this is when I want you to learn it. And this is when I want you to learn it by, Mm -hmm. and this is what's going to happen. If you don't learn it, all of that, all of those are statements. Try to stay away from the statements. Try to get to questions. This is called cognitive coaching. Yeah. You, you probably parents, you probably know the answers to the question. Or you, you want to know the answers to the questions. You feel like you know the answers to the questions. But this isn't about you. But I tell you, Scott- This is about your young learner.
1: Yes, but this is a super hard thing. As you know, I mean, you're, you're a dad. Super hard thing for a parent to do is to step out of that command and control perspective and instead to ask questions that are really meant to- uh, to let the child come to the real I did this yesterday, right? My daughter, well, I won't get in all the details, but she she's got some conflicts. Some th- things that sh- two things that she wants to do at the same time. I know exactly what I would tell her to do, but I had to fight <laughs> every uh, you know every ounce of my own being to not tell her do X, don't do Y. Yeah. I asked yeah. her a question. Um, I, I asked her to, you know, what are her goals? What does she want to accomplish? And asked her to filter in her decisions through those things, right? These are things that this cognitive coaching is something that you've helped to teach me, Scott. And this is part of, frankly, this is part of what we teach parents in the course, right? That, yeah. that they will learn how to ask these better questions for the, for the child to learn how to answer them themselves. That's, yeah. that's actually a,
0: a, a great, a great skill to, to develop. Well, here, so uh, most families are going to be around each other for the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, Here's a challenge from Dr. Scott. Um, Just ask your kids this question. What do you want to learn over the next two weeks? And whatever they answer, no matter what they answer, start the the two-week process of helping them find out answers to that question yeah yeah it'd be it'd be great and what i what i will say also matt hmm. is um you see who's looking over my shoulder back there
1: (laughs) i don't know some some fat if you don't want to be
0: if you don't want to be on that guy's naughty list just try this (laughs) Well, I'm not sure who that guy is over your shoulder.
1: He looks like he needs to lose some few pounds, cut his beard. All right, a number bit. four.
0: All right, what you got? Hybrid models are extremely challenging. So maybe you should tell uh, folks that don't know what a hybrid yeah. is. I lived this. I, I lived. I,
1: I lived a hybrid yeah. model for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Hybrid. There's a couple different ways to describe hybrid models of learning, but it's essentially. Um, that the child is in school part of the time out of school part of the time they're learning content uh remotely but also in class so just scott from for the listeners that may not know my kids were in a hybrid model uh school for 10 years and that meant on monday and monday and wednesday they were on campus in a school and on tuesday thursday and friday they were at home learning on their own. Um, and so the reason that hybrid models are challenging, to get to you, your your statement, in my view, is because the students have never been taught how to learn on their own. Like my kids, once they learn how to learn on their own, they looked forward to coming home on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays because they would get done right? with all their homework at noon. And then yeah. they had the rest of the afternoon to do things that they wanted to do, right? Yeah. That... That is, a, that is a young person that now knows I can learn something and I get and I can learn it as quickly as I want and let me go ahead and get after it. that's that's why hybrid model instruction is difficult because we don't teach kids
0: how to learn. I'll add this. yeah I think one of the, one of the reasons why hybrids are are tough, you know challenging for not only the learner but also the delivery system. So much of traditional school, is built around teaching, mm. yeah. So this whole shift to learning and forget about virtual learning, right, uh, is is in is incredibly incredibly hard to do when your focus is on teaching. Mm. So let's stop that. Let's just take the next two weeks of 2020. And let's focus on learning. Again, one question. What do you want to learn over the next two weeks? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's let's go learn it. Yep, yep, yep. All right, number five. Yes. Some kids are not learning much online. They'll be playing catch-up in years to come. Hmm. Should I start? Yeah.
1: So... Um. All right. So there's there's like two pieces here. First is is what you're learning meaningful, right? And so I think by the, the by the way that this, this is described is it's saying it's su- suggesting, which is not true, but it's suggesting that everything a child learns in school is meaningful. And so therefore, if they're not learning it now, they're going to have to catch up by learning those meaningful those things later on. But I'm here to tell you, Scott, and I think you know you would back me up on this. A good chunk of what kids learn in school is not meaningful. It's not relevant. In fact, it's 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 outdated by probably 30 years. So, if a child is not learning those things in school, my question would be, what things could they or should they be learning through uh, an online structure? And let's replace those antiquated, old learning tasks with some updated new learning tasks that are easier done online than actually in person.
0: Yeah, so uh, we've talked about this. Uh, the only study that I know of uh, is uh, came out of NWEA. Uh, they're a, uh, a research group. They do a lot of work in the K-12 landscape. Uh, they give an annual fall test called MAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave it in 2019 and they gave it again in 2020. And uh, there were basically three important results. One, uh, kids weren't behind in reading. Hmm. Uh, They were a little bit behind in math. But here's the third, like, big finding. 25% of those kids who took the test in 2019, no one could find in 2020 to take the test. Hmm. So let's go back to number two. Relationships matter. Yeah. Yeah. They matter a lot. So if you haven't engaged a kid face to face, why would you think that a kid was going to engage with you virtually? Right. I don't understand that.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Last on my agenda for this last show of 2020, uh, Education Week, put out an article that they ask their staff to describe this awful year in six words. Yes. And it had to, to do, it, like the six words had to do with kids, had to involve kids some way. All right, I've got my six. You want Give to go first?
1: Six? I got my six. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, we can do better for kids, hmm. period. You know, Matt, I've been doing this for about 40 years. Um, if, if we just woke up and every morning took a look at those six words, I just wonder how our days might be different. Hmm. The decisions that we make might be different. The dollars that we decide decide to spend might be different. Uh, the uh, the things that we let kids explore and create might be different. We can do better for kids.
1: What's yours? Well, as you were talking, I actually added another. Another two, so I'm going to give you my. Well, that'd be that'd be eight words. Well, no, no, no. I another two six
0: qualified. No, no, no. Came up with two more six word statements. Yeah, Yeah.
1: In fact, I think I may do a poem. A haiku. Uh, Yes, exactly. That's seven though, wasn't it? seven seven syllables or something.
0: Anyway, I went to school in Western Iowa. We we really didn't. I grew into school much with haikus.
1: Yeah, I went to school in Missouri. We didn't even know what where Japan was. I don't even think we had maps of anything beyond like California. Um, all right. Here's my six words. I can learn anywhere and anytime. Yeah. So to me, what Oof. has documented, what COVID has brought Oof. in, ushered in this new world where learning can happen anywhere. Um, students realize it now. Teachers realize it now. Parents realize it. Businesses reali- realize it. I mean, this is yeah. a, a transformation that is upon us. Yeah. And for the kids and families and educators and school systems that believe for a moment that you've got to go back to a classroom in order to learn, they are still stuck in 1985. <laughs> right, 1985. When I had hair, I was... Back cute. to the future. I was cute back then. Uh, I had hair. I had... Uh, yeah, I mean it was like it was yeah. great. It was a great time to be alive, but I wouldn't yeah. recommend taking anything from school back then and bringing it forward to today. Everything's yeah. changed. So that's my first yeah, that's one. True. Let me that's give me my second one real quick. Okay, and this gets it. Uh, this is to parents. All right, parents, the system is very broken. The system is very broken. I keep talking to parents who believe in their heart they want to believe that the system is going to work for their kids. 9 times well 8 times out of 10 conservatively it is not going to work. So parents if you're going to trust that the system is going to work for your kids just look at 2020 and you should be you should be given some sense that the system is going to prioritize the needs uh, of adults over the needs of kids. Okay, I'm I'm just going to add a
0: sixth word.
1: That wasn't six words? The parents, the system is very broken. That's six oh, words. Oh,
0: parents. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Parents.
1: Yes. But you can add another the six. system is add broken. A, add
0: a sixth I word. I got you. I, I miss parents. Got it. Got it. And, and then I was counting like four times, and <laughs> I thought you just had five words. Well, that's that I was Iowa trying education. to help you out, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's what's your sixth? I, got, I feel good parents. I got it. Yes, parents the what, system is very What's broken. your third one? It's only five
1: words, so but don't don't <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, hold on. Hold on. Parents.
1: No, no. The parents is the beginning of this. Um, it's it's related to what I just said a moment ago. Parents, the system prioritizes adults. How about this? The the school system prioritizes adults. Badly. I I keep, I keep thinking about how this, whole, this entire summer, you and I were talking about some of this. This entire summer, we were saying, guys, we're not going to open normal. This is going to be a different world. How, how are we not making the adjustments now to deal with the realities of what we can expect in August and September? And everyone kept saying, no, we're going to open up normal. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. That's because that's what adults were wanting. Adults were wanting for it to open normal. Yeah. kid the kids most again kids a lot of kids don't come back to school because they don't they didn't like it before how do we expect them to like it on in a virtual setting so anyway I, yeah the system prioritizes adults
0: yeah so much so I've I shared this uh, story with you uh, I heard a story again on NPR Call me a leftist if lefty. you want to lefty uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a story about how school districts, are calling snow days, uh, when their kids are on virtual, uh, on, on, on virtual school. So let me make it. And I, straight. I like, I right. listened to it. I, and, and for all of you in Texas, what a snow day is, is up here in Vermont when it snows a lot and they can't run the buses. Yeah. Um, it's like a they flood call, here. They, yeah. They call, yeah. Like a flood. Right. Right. Like a rain day. Well, here it's a snow day, right? And so they don't they don't do school. But now think about this, parents. I'm going to put out a uh, something on LinkedIn around this. How powerful is the, the the story of traditional school when kids are already at home and the superintendent calls a snow day? Right. So what the child doesn't. What?
1: Doesn't go into school that they're not going into? What is a snow day? Yeah,
0: and and I guess that's like we don't have to learn today. Yeah, I guess that's what that snowed. Right. And because it snows. So my computer doesn't work. We don't have to learn today. The computer doesn't work. (laughs) Right.
1: Wow. That's pretty remarkable. Wow.
0: Yeah. And Uh, well, any. Parents, these are the folks that are leading a $600 billion educational enterprise. Mm.
1: All right, Scott. Well, on that happy note. Yeah, so
0: uh, 2021's got to be better, brother.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think 2021 is going to be a transition into a whole new type of learning, and I'm, I'm actually super excited about it. I think kids yeah. are gonna do better. I think I think parents are gonna do better. I think teachers are gonna love it to have students who are actually more curious and, and teachers having more flexibility to support that curiosity. I see that's coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 really looking forward to 2021. And um I think the education game has a lot to offer uh parents and families as we move into this new year and We'll talk more about that, you know, on our next podcast when we look forward Mm -hmm. uh, to 2021. Uh, But I just want to tell you, uh, I've had uh, a lot of fun the last five months uh, working with you and meeting just a lot of interesting parents and families that uh, are just genuinely, authentically interested in doing better for their kids. That's right. uh, With or without school. That's right. Um, some folks want to do it with school. Some folks don't want to do it with school. No blame, no shame. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, it's been a great five months, and uh, I can't wait for the next uh, podcast uh, where we look forward uh, to what we think might happen uh, in twenty twenty one.
1: Definitely. Let's let's hope that's a lot more positive than what we just went through. Because I'm feeling down. I need to go and get some eggnog with a little happy juice uh (laughs) hill hill people milk that i'll put in there
0: all right uh, so so before we uh uh, shove off here uh want to give a quick update you know matt and i have been working with some families on the promise and the plan mm -hmm. and you can find out more by going to our website theeducationgame.com but right now we've got a set of families that are designing their game plans uh we've got a uh A webinar uh, coming up um, on, uh, I think it's December 29th. Um, Could be. Could be. Uh, Yeah. We're going to talk about goal setting, uh, which is uh, important for all learning families. Yes, it is. uh, To get their heads around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then we're just going to keep pushing uh, as we move into the new year. Uh, with the promise and the plan. Uh, also, if you want to learn more about The Education Game, we've got some uh, other great podcasts and some blogs. Uh, get on our uh, website, theeducationgame.com, um, and uh, folks can call us, right, Matt? That's right. Do you have that uh, phone number? I
1: have it, 832-210-1200, extension 1200. Again, 832 210 one two zero zero extension
0: one two zero zero so two one two zero zeros
1: yeah it's confusing but
0: yeah what are you gonna You do? figure it out we're, we're a startup <laughs> that's right so what are you gonna do
1: yeah
0: uh we want to thank bo york uh, and potter street studios bo does a great job of taking uh about uh an hour worth of chitter chatter between matt and myself and uh focusing it it making it making
1: it coherent
0: yes (laughs) yes because i know matt's uh sometimes he just goes off on tangents i love that uh we need to really push him back in not gonna happen uh, to the inside the fence not gonna happen you're you're not an inside the fence kind of guy though
1: no i'm not i don't like fences i don't like boxes i don't like constraints i don't certainly don't like straight jackets i've stopped wearing those
0: the Mighty Matt. I'm Dr. Scott. Happy holidays, man. Happy holidays. And uh, happy holidays to all of our families. Let's get some rest and uh, relax a little bit. And uh, we will uh, see you in 2021. This is The Education Game.